Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host, Urban Lee. Each week, you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, Urban Lee. Good evening. This is your host, Urban Lee of From Beer to the Bible. You can find information about the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com. You can find and support us at HamptonMinistries.org. We're so excited tonight to have Philip with us. Philip, say what's up to our audience. Irvin, how are you? And hello, everyone out there. I hope you're having a wonderful evening, and uh, we'll chat uh, a little bit more here in a bit. Yes, Philip, I'm so excited uh, for the world to hear your testimony. As we always do here, we start by inviting the presence of the Holy Spirit and the good Lord. So let me pray for us. Amen. Let's do it. Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy, your restoration and renewal that we will all hear soon through Philip's life. Father God, lead and guide him and continue to protect him and protect us. And we ask you for more of your grace and more of your mercy each and every day. Amen. Philip, preach. Hey, man, I have to get at it, man. I, I tell people all the time, I spend a lot of time in prayer. And a lot of times I would just before I really truly learned how to pray is just bring my list of things. Hey, hey, God, I need all these things. Thank you. Amen. Right. But then it is allowing him to talk, me to talk, and then me to do more listening than than talking, right? So I can right. hear clearly what the Holy Spirit is saying to me. And with that, let's let's get into your testimony, brother, which I was trying to think of two words that would kind of give our listeners a peek into your powerful testimony. And I kept coming up with restoration and renewal right restoration and renewal is what i believe christ did in and through you uh around your testimony so i would like for you to let's jump right into it let's start with uh you know how and and when did you know hey i'm i have an issue here and i i need some help yeah, well, with restoration and renewal, it sounds like we're on the Bravo channel with Chip and JoJo, which is a, <laughs> is a good thing. Uh, right. Because i, I got to tell you, uh, uh. in my early to mid-20s, uh, it, it was it was a need of a restoration and renewal from very early on. Mm-hmm. I adopted an alcoholic lifestyle, and I say yeah. it that way um, because I didn't, I, I didn't have a problem. Okay. Like, in my own eyes, I didn't have a problem, and I'm yes. sure some of your listeners out there or they'll tell people that they don't have a problem, but deep down, you you know you do. Mm-hmm. You know you know you drink differently. You know yeah. you use differently. Whatever it might be, mm-hmm. than other people. Yeah. And I, I kind of knew that from the very beginning. I I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, my my father was an elder. Mm-hmm. My mother uh, was Bible studies and all that. I I I didn't drink until I was twenty one. I was I'm the the one percent out there of like. That uh, that if you usually wait that long, usually you you don't run into these kind of lifestyle issues. But but yeah. I, I was different. I, I grew up in the church. Uh, I would grew up hearing testimonies of people, and I'm sure some of your believe uh, some of your uh, followers out there they they've heard those testimonies, and yeah. you, much like mine now. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh man, if I had a testimony like that, right. man, the things I could do for God and, and changing the world and all that. Yep. Well, I got news for you: be careful what you wish for, because 
That's right. <laughs> because uh, because at 21 years old, I started drinking. I, I, I grew up playing sports, and, and, and whenever my sports career was over, mm-hmm. uh, I, I turned to a new type of team, and it was bars, it was buddies, and those type of things, and it created a groundhog day-type environment yep. to where it was just this everyday type uh, habitual mm-hmm. uh, uh, behaviors. And uh, so I had adopted that alcoholic lifestyle, yep. didn't really uh, understand what that meant. I just knew that I was drinking every day. I was drinking heavily from very early on while I was still in college. I grew up here in Dallas mm-hmm. uh, and, and uh, went to a Christian school uh led chapel even, right. and then went off to school in Alabama. I went to Auburn, War Eagle to everybody out there. All right. And uh, with the football season starting up, uh, getting excited about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it, it was. It was uh, the good old boy South Network and started drinking and, and enjoying it. I, I'm not yeah. going to lie. I mean, there's a reason that, that you keep going back to it. Yeah, the effect. It, it, it can be fun. Mm-hmm. If you do it the right way, yeah. it can be very socially and engaging and create a sense of community and all that. There's, there's a reason Jesus' first miracle was turning water into wine. Mm-hmm. It, it kept the party going, but it was in moderation. Right. And, and the thing is, I developed this chameleon lifestyle in college to where I wasn't a part of any groups, but yeah. I was in a lot of groups. I got you. And that chameleon lifestyle... The blending in and fitting in just really uh, it, it, it started wearing on me. And, and by the time I was 23, and I'm 40, I'll be 42 just next month. Okay. Um, so this is 20 years ago. Uh, I really adopted this Groundhog Day type mentality and mm-hmm. ended up. Uh, it was November 12th. Uh, uh, no, sorry, November 8th. Okay. 2012, and uh, God sent me to jail for the second time. Okay. And I say it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a, I, I got a DUI, and I ended up down in New Spirit, uh, downtown Dallas, and <laughs> okay. uh, they uh, awesome place. And I uh, right. ended up. <laughs> we suggested as We've a had a vacation. few guests tell us how <laughs> awesome it really, truly is down there. <laughs> Especially when they lose your paperwork and they put you in the gin pop. Oh, my and, goodness. Uh, and all of a sudden, all these people that are wait, awaiting trials for some pretty pretty rough stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I'm a little guy over here that just got a DUI, and I'm sitting next to people. And I, and I remember one of them particularly yeah. because his name was Tiny. And uh, I, I hope one day I get to meet Tiny again because he saved my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, because he looked at me, he goes, you're going to eat those nuggets? Uh-huh. And he was about 400 pounds playing dominoes. So Tiny stole my chicken nuggets that day. All right. And I decided that that was going to be my rock bottom. Hey, uh, I, I, think, I, I truly feel that you can define your own rock bottom. I got out. Uh, it, I was in there for a couple of days. You're only supposed to be in the drunk tank for a few hours and get yeah. out. Uh, yeah. And uh, and ended up. Uh, went straight from there to a licensed counselor. Uh-huh. Uh, went from jail straight to go meet with a guy named Ken O'Shan, and yeah. he uh, he helped start putting me back together in restoration. And and I, I my new addiction at that point in time was recovery. Yeah, well, and me... understanding diving into the, the into the psychology of the brain. Well, let's and what let, that let's like. um. I want to as I was listening to your story, um, I wrote down the word belonging. Because it seemed like you said you were a part of a lot of groups 
but in at, at the end of the day, you really didn't belong. It seemed like to any of the groups. And you mentioned the word chameleon. Could you talk about the impact of of belonging that it has on and has had on you and your addiction and and others really? Yeah, I, I think it's it, it's a thing that. Uh, people early in the stages, if you have that gene, if you have that, mm-hmm. uh, hey, uh, I'm going to start a Ferrari but not drive it. Like yeah. that's, that's what I look about. Like with that alcoholic, it's like giving them a drink, and you're not going to not go drive the car. You're going to drink a lot. Yeah. Uh, and you deep down know that you have an issue, like I said. And what you ultimately do, you let people in enough mm-hmm. to where they feel like they know you. Yeah. And they really don't. Mm-hmm. And you know that they don't. Yeah. And I, and I know a lot of you out there that are listening, or, or some of you might even be nodding your head right now going, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I know a lot of people, and they think they know me, yeah. but they don't know me. Yeah. And that's really that chameleon lifestyle. You know how to blend in enough and yeah. kind of disappear. And I have, I have, uh, I'm a type A personality. I get out. I, I'm a social butterfly. I enjoy that. And you can you can distract with humor and different things and and let people in enough uh, and then move from that group to another group and to another group and to another group. But you're never really uh, around enough for them to get to know you, uh, to build that sense of community that is important to have a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And we hear this in church and through biblical uh, teachings constantly of do you surround yourself with others that are discipling you and iron sharpens iron? Yes. Are you, are you putting yourself in a sense of community mm-hmm. that makes you better? That I, I call it your nouns, your people, your places, your things, your ideas. Are you willing to change your nouns mm-hmm. in order to achieve what your ultimate goal is, the person you want to become? And that's what I finally, uh, whenever I, I got into recovery and started yeah. diving deep into it, and I was going, man, three, four hours a week uh, to groups, uh, not not just AA, but paid groups and licensed counselors and all that. And I really came to this realization of, man, am I willing to change the nouns in my life? Yeah. Well, with that achieve... said, the biggest noun is is Christ. Where When did Christ enter into your narrative in, in, in your recovery? Man, the, the crazy thing is, he was always a part of it. Even even in the alcohol, whenever I was uh, in the depths of alcohol, and I was dri- like, guys, I was drinking a lot, yeah, uh, very heavy. Um, I don't. I, this isn't a comparison game. Yeah. So I've been there. I've done the stupid stuff you've done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no, uh, and it. And but God was always like I always had an awareness of it. Yeah, uh, and he was always there and protecting me in different ways, especially whenever you can look back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but whenever uh, it was, it, it was very early on a, a, a time of surrender. I remember uh, in my parents' house, I was at their house, and I became a, a just a sense of surrender, waving the yeah. white flag, hitting my knees, and just falling in my into my dad's arms, and, and mm-hmm. ultimately my my above the line father as well into yeah. God's arms of just, and he was the physical uh, being of that. At that moment, I fell into his arms and said, I need help. Well, and at, at, at that moment, I really attacked mm-hmm. uh, my recovery work with a psychological uh, secular kind of sense of reading a lot of uh, books and understanding the chemistry, chemical makeup of the brain yeah. and dove into that. Like I said, it became my new addiction, but then I also dovetailed that 
with a wonderful uh with uh just in church i like i i <laughs> i heard somebody say once that uh I, I didn't have a drinking problem anymore. I had a drug problem. I would drag my butt to church every single chance I could. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and God started, uh, started healing me from the inside and, and, and surrounded me, like I said, with those positive influences, those nouns in my life. I removed the bars and added church. Well, because you... I think what big thing in, in recovery is people turn away from something bad. Yeah. And, and don't turn to something good. And I turn, and what I turned to was, was church was to the Lord and and that really really helped. Well, I you mentioned your parents and I I want to talk a little bit about your parents and the role they played in getting you into you know your recovery and then how they adjusted to you know hey we have a son who has a, a problem with alcohol especially knowing that you grew up in a Christian home with a Christian family and a strong father figure. You don't look alike what most people <laughs> assume addicts and alcoholics are. Yeah, man. Uh, I, there, there is more of us out there than people know. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and I, 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 and I, I think there's some people out there that are listening right now mm-hmm. that are, that, that are where I was and, and the shame and guilt that comes yeah. in yeah. on that side, whenever you don't fit the cookie cutter mold of an alcoholic, mm-hmm. man, you don't feel like you can tell anyone that grace is not going to cover you. Mm-hmm. And what I found is whenever I reached out to my parents and I, and I was a very functioning alcoholic, not, yeah. nobody really, I, I jumped from group to group to group to group, that chameleon lifestyle. So where yeah. nobody really knew how bad it was. Mm-hmm. And, but whenever it finally got to that point of down in Lusteret and, and, uh, and family getting involved and finding out about it, all of a sudden it started to unravel this, this, this narrative that I had created in my mind that I didn't have a problem started unraveling and unraveling yeah. quickly. And, uh, and, and, and it was the tough love of, of my parents and, and brother-in-law and sister and family and friends and, mm-hmm. and, and, a, and a particular guy, Lance, uh, that reached out. Um, I, I, I found him at church and we just started connecting and he, and he would call me every day and just ask if I was drunk or sober. Yeah. Um, and, and that alone, the accountability of that and the accountability of family and being around those and then finally being honest with people, man, you think it's going to be like this scary moment, but it's almost like the second that you reach out for help from someone, I feel like that God has woven in every single person to help others, that you want to help others. And, but people don't just walk around going, Hey, can I help you out? Can I help you out? You you need to have that vulnerability and, and ask for it. And the second I started asking for it, man, it popped up everywhere. God showed up and showed out. And, uh, and, and just started putting people in my life that, that were positive influences and change and those changing of nouns. I literally, I put a lifestyle behind me of saying, Hey, that's that, that part of my life, it it will affect me in the future, but it is dead to me now. And it's buried and gone and I'm moving forward. At that time I heard something of, uh, and I still use the phrase a lot, the the windshield is bigger mm-hmm. than the rearview mirror for a reason. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> because 
It's about what's coming ahead of you. Yes, you can look in that little rearview mirror and you can see what's co- what was behind you and where you've gone mm-hmm. or where you've come from. But where you're going is more important and, and put people with you, places with you, things with you that are going to drive you to where you want to be. Well said. And let's, one of the barriers that we consistently hear on the show to people admitting that they need help is, the handling of the sin and the shame. Talk a little bit about how you overcame the sin and the shame associated with, you know, being uh, an alcoholic. Yeah, uh, that, and it, like I said, I, I, I was dealing with it from early stages of drinking of mm-hmm. the shame with it because I knew I had a problem. Mm-hmm. And that, like I said, that chameleon lifestyle. And, and I had this, uh, al- in my mind, and even my licensed counselor, like whenever <laughs> I would be like, I'm not an alcoholic, I just act like one. Mm-hmm, right, right. <laughs> and he's like, he he's like, yeah, he yeah, yeah goes, right. I see lots he of laughs that. And he goes, yeah, he goes, that's the first time I've heard that line. Right. He goes, I know, I, I, you're slick. Yeah. And, uh, and so I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm not one. And then once I realized that it was a problem. Mm-hmm. And and and, I, and and to be honest with everybody out there, I stopped drinking in November of 2012, yep. and I I went back. I went back. I I thought mm. I had hit the reset button. Okay, I like you know whenever you call into customer support and they say, "Did you unplug it for ten minutes and then right. plug it back in?" And you, I thought I did that. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what I did. I, I unplugged for four months, stopped drinking, but I was a dry drunk. Yeah, yeah. I did. I, I, I was just a dry drunk. I just stopped drinking. Yeah, I was doing. A, I, I was doing work and all that, but I was doing the work so that I could go back and do it right the second time. Yeah. What I ultimately found out mm-hmm. was that that shame and guilt was so alive during that time yeah. because for me to actually quit, for me to quit was to admit that I had a problem. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to admit that I had a problem. I, I, I wanted to, it was the control aspect of it. Yeah, and once yeah. you start to understand shame and guilt and what those are, they're tools of the, of the devil. Yeah. And he knows you as well as God does. And he plants those little seeds and lets them grow. Lets them grow. Yeah. Um, and, and he knows where your weaknesses are. And what I'll tell you right now, shame and guilt is a lack of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And vulnerability looks like strength. Helping, uh, getting help and accountability from other people, and that's yeah. really where I started to understand that. And I'll tell you right now, until I was five years sober, and I'm coming up on, uh, I'm in my ninth year of sobriety. All and right, half, man, congratulations. Uh, years. Yes. Thank you. And, and But really, I would say that I still had a little bit of shame and guilt mm-hmm. uh, of my past, not my present, not right. who I was, yeah. but my past, um, until I was about five years sober. Yeah. And for some reason, that that number it kind of clicked. That's interesting. And it yeah, clicked, and it that. clicked with me. And all of a sudden, it was something I was proud of. Yeah. Not shameful of. And it was all happened in one day. Once I got the five five year chip type thing, it was yeah. like, man, man, I can be proud of this. And what I would encourage everybody out there: if you're 24 hours sober, if you're just thinking about it, if you've just reached out to somebody, if you're one year, two right. years, five years, a hundred years, I don't care. Be proud of that. You're yes. doing something harder than anyone in your life has ever had to deal with. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And we've got a couple of minutes, and I want you to talk a little bit about just what's your rhythm of recovery and what keeps you sober. We've got a couple of minutes before we go to break. 
Yeah, uh, so really with that, it's understanding, the, uh, obviously, church and being involved, uh, serving and mm-hmm. di- different things with church and making sure that that, that is. is uh, I'm a professional sales guy and sales yep. management and uh, staying connected with people, uh, having close friends that know know my story and not being yeah. afraid to share this the story. It's not really my story. It was whenever I finally realized and released the shame, mm-hmm. I realized that I was an actor yeah. in God's story. Yeah. That God is writing a story and he had this specific story in mind for me. Mm-hmm. And he gave it, he gave this story to me. Why? Because I have a little bit bigger of a mouth and I'm willing to share the story of his love and grace. <laughs> transparent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and that transparency and mm-hmm. all of a sudden it opens up other doors and, and, it, and it's closed a few. I'm not going to lie, it's closed a few yeah, doors for me as well. But at the same time, it's opened up so many more doors of being able to uh, live out that uh, that recovery. One thing that I've, I've really I, I dove into early in my recovery group mm-hmm. or in, in my recovery was understanding grief yeah. and how grief uh, and overcoming grief, um, like, like the loss of a friend or the loss of a loved one, right. immediate loss, not a gradual loss like cancer or whatever it might be over years or mm-hmm. months or whatever, like a car crash loss. Yeah. Because once I realized that I had lost a best friend in, in in alcohol, right, I had to I had to grieve that process, and I know we're going to talk about that more uh, down yeah, the road. Let's, let's uh, we were going to talk about that more on the other side. We'll be right back with more with Philip from Beer to the Bible. We'll be back with more of from Beer to the Bible right here on the Word one hundred point seven FM. Finding addiction help is intensely personal. And the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well-being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee. Welcome back. This is your host, Irvin Lee of From Beer to the Bible. You can find information about the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com and support us at HamptonMinistries.org. Philip, let's uh, wrap it up. Please let everyone know what you're working on, where they can find you, if they need to contact you, and any last words of uh hope, love, and faith that you can share with our listeners. Yeah, well, first of all, I want to say thank you for letting me just join the program and share my story. Oh, like I said earlier, like this is, it's not my story, it's God's story. And and I'd love to get on here and promote myself in some way or other, but I got to tell you right now, the only promotion I got is for God Amen. and what He's done in my life. Uh, and if you have not received the grace of God in your mm. life, Man, 
invite Jesus into your life right now, he can change that. It doesn't happen overnight, but find yourself a community. I go to Bent Tree Bible Church. It's in Plano. Mm -hmm. I know Irving goes to Gateway. Uh, There's some other great churches. I mean, we live uh, in these different uh, metroplexes where this is being broadcast, and there's great churches around. Get get plugged into a community. If you want to reach out to me, it's it's very easy. Uh, Just find me on Instagram, philip.yarbrough, Y-A-R-B-R-O-U-G-H. Feel free to to follow me there. Shoot me a message. I don't do Facebook and emails. Man, that's like 10 years ago, right? (laughs) Right. If you want to follow me there or reach out, man, I'd love to hear from you, hear your story. And then also get out there and serve. There's some great uh, great 501c3s out there, yours, Irvin, others down in West Dallas and others. Man, pouring it back into your community will give you healing like you've never believed. Hey, thank you, Philip. We appreciate it. And may God bless you continually, brother, as you move down the road of continued sobriety. Thank you. And I want to leave you today with the love, I love you, the faith is in Christ Jesus, and the hope is found in the Lord our God. May God always richly bless you. Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit FromBeerToTheBible.com. There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's FromBeerToTheBible.com.